like Garrett said, good morning, everyone. We are so glad that you're here uh, to worship with us at Ridgeview Church. Uh, my name is Alex, and I'm the, the pastor here. And uh, I just, again, I want to welcome you as we've shifted everything uh, online. And so it's great to uh, be together, like Garrett said, even though we're not physically together, we know that, that God actually unifies us uh, in his spirit. And I do believe it's at this time that we really are asking God uh, to speak to us. Uh, we are looking to him for help and for guidance. And that's not even just the church speaking. I believe that there's people all around this world who mainly for the first time could be wondering, like, can God lead me forward? Can he help me? Uh, people are desperate. And so no matter where you are today, I believe that, that God will uh, speak to us. And as we dig into his word, there's a sense in which we, we're expectant. We, we want God to, to guide us and to, to lead us forward. And so uh, for the next few minutes, we're gonna be digging into God's word and really asking the question, what is it that God wants to say? And a few weeks ago, we started a new series called Lives and Letters. And the idea of this series is to dig into some letters found in the New Testament. And these letters were written to churches, some to individuals, and these were all early Christ followers in the first century, about 2,000 years ago. And these letters were to give perspective, encouragement, and help. And I believe just in all that's happened right now in our world that these letters actually are so relevant to us here and now. And so the premise of this series, Lives and Letters, is this. We want to bridge letters that are written in the past to our lives here and now. And if you follow Jesus, one of the things that really is, is our duty to do is always to dig into the word of God and to ask the question, how can I apply this to my life? And in this series, we're looking at how can I bridge something written long ago to a people that I wasn't there, but God still wants to speak to me just like he, he spoke to them. And so in this series, we're looking at just bridging uh, these two worlds together. And with God, uh, that bridge is not too far. It's actually something that, that he does regularly. He, he speaks his promises that he gave to people thousands of years ago are the same promises that, that we can actually hold on to uh, today. And so we're gonna be looking at the, the letter of James today. And James is one of the most practical letters there is, and it's filled with so much insight. And so I hope that as, as we dig in, that you'll really find encouragement, and perspective uh, to lead you forward. And so as you read these letters, uh, here's, here's what we expect, is that, that God will be speaking to you and to me. And when we read these letters, that's the question we're asking. What is it that God wants to say? Now, I've been asking that question uh, the last few days. What is, what is it that God wants to tell me? How does he wanna lead me forward? And if you're like me, the noise in your life is probably turned way up, like it's a max volume. There's so much information coming in. So many things are changing. Uh, and every day we kind of wake up trying to figure out where are we supposed to go? What are we supposed to do? And there's so much that's shifting. And so in the middle of that, God wants to speak, but some of the time we actually have to kind of turn the noise down on all the things external to allow God to, to speak to us. And so that's what I hope in our time together, that the volume on God's word will be turned up and maybe the volume of everything else can be turned down. And I believe when that happens, we can actually have encouragement because we know God is leading us forward. Uh, this time actually reminds me of uh, early in my life when I was in fifth grade in 1991, my dad was deployed to Operation 
Desert Storm in the Persian Gulf. And he left to, uh, as an aircraft mechanic to serve in the war, and he was gone for six months. And I remember we were living in England at the time. We were, had the community at the, the local base, and it was unsettled because this was unknown territory. We didn't know what to do. We didn't know what to say. We didn't know how things would change on a daily basis. And what I found myself is, is experiencing the same feelings right now, this just unsettling. And have you felt that in your life, just this kind of pit in your stomach? And maybe you wake up and you think like, is this real? Is this thing happening? And everything's changing. And, and it reminds me of that time. And during that time, what my dad did is he was deployed for six months. And as a fifth grade boy, like I miss my dad terribly. But what he did is he wrote me a letter every single week. And I got these letters and I remember getting so excited to go to our mailbox and to, to see these letters. And in those letters, my, my dad would, would just encourage me, let him know he was okay, let, him know, let me know what he was doing. And then he would give me some perspective. Uh, here, here's how you can help uh, with your mom. Here's the things that you can do uh, to keep being the, the young man that, that God has called you to be. And I remember reading those letters and thinking like, wow, what a gift. And today, as a grown man, I look now at my spiritual father at his word, and that's the same thing. It's these letters, and it's his word. And he's saying, pay attention. I have promises. I have help. Open up my word, and, and I'll speak. And so today, as we dig into the book of James, I believe, like I've said, that we're going to find some helpful perspective. And so as we bridge, uh, really, we have a responsibility as we look into God's word to take some time to focus. And so I want to start with this, this concept of getting curious. And if you've never read the word of God yourself, uh, it could seem like this book that has no relevance to you at all. It could seem like something that is just hard to understand. It could seem like something that, you know, you've seen maybe in hotels as you open the drawer or at people's houses, but, but you may never read it for yourself. Well, if you read it and you begin to take the time to do that and you can get curious that's where I believe that you can learn things that you've never learned before. And so I just kind of want to walk you through how to do this as you dig into uh, the word of God. And so this letter is written by James. And as you read in the beginning of a letter, you always want to start obviously at chapter one, verse one, that's helpful to know the full context. And so I want to read that to you and learn some things just for context. And so this is what it says. It says, James, a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes in the dispersion, greetings. And so in that first verse, we have the author, uh, James. And James is actually the half-brother of Jesus. And as you probably know that Jesus was born of his mother, who was a, a virgin, and his father was Joseph, and they had kids after Jesus. And so James is actually Jesus' half-brother. Uh, uh, James became the leader of the Jerusalem church uh, after Jesus' resurrection and after he ascended back into heaven. And so James had this prominent role. People knew who he was. He was credible. And he had this insight that he wanted to give uh, to a certain audience. And so the recipient in this is uh, Jewish Christ followers. And so these are Jewish people who've decided to follow Christ. And these Christ followers, as you read in that first verse, were dispersed and they were dispersed all over in different territories, disconnected from each other, a lot like we are today. Everything normal that we knew two weeks ago has changed. We're scattered, we're disconnected, we could be disillusioned. And James is talking to these early Christians 
that were facing the same things. Everything normal that they had known um, was not normal anymore. All their schedule, their plans had changed just like us today. And so as you get curious, you get a little bit insight about the author. You can find out about the audience. And then I want to just give you the occasion because the occasion that James is writing to actually is so fitting for us here and now. And here's the occasion. He wrote this letter to give people hope. He also wrote this letter to give practical insights for living. When you decide to follow Jesus, he actually changes you from the inside out. And it's not just knowledge. It's not just ideas. He changes the very way that you live. And so James gives this perspective. This is how it will play out in your life. And then he also wants to give encouragement to endure trials. They were facing hard things, things that they didn't know what to do. They didn't know what to say. They didn't know how to handle themselves and what to do and just as the pressure mounted. And so as I was reading this, just preparing for this message, I thought, isn't that the same for us today? Like we are in the same occasion. I don't know about you, but I need hope. I need just some practical insight for how to live. And then I, I need encouragement to endure, to keep on going. And so James is writing these things for that occasion to encourage Christians to keep on trusting God, to encourage Christians to live the life that he has called us to live, and then to encourage us to face the pressure in a way that God can use it for our good. And that's where I wanna focus our time this morning is in everything that we're facing right now, how can we face it and how can we learn from it in a way that it's actually gonna be used for our good? And so the listening outline, uh, you should be able to see there uh, on the page, and I encourage you to, to follow along. If you've not yet printed it out, that's fine. Uh, you can follow along and you'll see kind of where the things are headed. And then I encourage you at a later time, you could go back and uh, further read and, and study on your own. So here's, here's the premise of the book of James. God uses hard things to grow us. That's the first thing. He uses hard things to grow us. Now, there's a specific things that I wanna kind of focus on as we get into each passage and each verse. And so the first thing is he wants to use hard things to grow us in our character and our endurance. So there are some things that God wants to do in the middle of hard things that will change the kind of people that we are. Now, all of us, I would agree, are facing things that are harder now than last week and definitely harder than, than two weeks ago, probably for most of us. But in the middle of these hard things, God actually doesn't want us to just check out, doesn't want us to run away. He actually wants us to lean in so we can learn. And as we learn from him, he can build some things inside of us that will last for the rest of our lives. And will not only serve as just an encouragement for us here and now, but these things will go on in eternity with him, that these are the things that God built in us. And so I wanna read James 1, verses two through five, and then I'm gonna just break down each verse uh, separately. So let's read that together. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Now, there's some things that jump out to me when I read that, and I'm sure there's some things that jump out to you as well. So let's kind of go back to the beginning in verse two. This is what he says. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. So when I, when I read that, 
there's a certain attitude and perspective that jumps out to me. And if you're like me, I usually don't face trials and hard things with an attitude of joy. But the rest of the passage is actually explaining why we can do that. And the premise is this. God will grow some things in us when we face hard things that can't be grown any other way. It's this fire that purifies. It's this fire that allows us to kind of form some things in our life, some character and some endurance that comes as we face pressure and as we face the heat. And so he explains actually what is produced. And that's in the next verse. And it says, for you know, so you can count it all joy because you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And so steadfastness is actually an interesting word. It means a patient endurance, a staying power. So the the picture is, is there's a heavy weight on you and you feel like you're gonna get crushed and it's weighing and it's pushing you down. You feel like you're just not gonna be able to stand and you're gonna buckle. And what God does in the hard things is he comes and he gives you his strength and he gives you his power. And he's like the spotter where you're not bearing the full weight, but you're bearing just enough that your muscles are growing stronger, your confidence in that I can stand under this. And that's what that steadfastness is. It's the staying power. I don't need to bail. I don't need to run. Although I don't wanna face this, this is the last thing I wanna do. God is gonna build something in me. And so what, what are your common responses when things are hard? Uh, you probably heard this. Most people, you either fight or flight. Uh, fight is, is you just kind of power through. You're not gonna let anyone get in your way and circumstance slow you down. You're just gonna do whatever you need to do to get your life on track. Uh, the opposite of that is, is flight. You, you tend to maybe, I don't wanna face this hard thing. I don't wanna face this conflict. I don't wanna face the circumstance. And you run the other direction. What James is saying is actually, you don't need to fight and you don't need to flight. You actually need to stay. You can stay with what you're facing, knowing that God will use it for your good. And that's why you can consider it joy. There is something that God wants to build in you that will help you in your life. And then it goes on to what steadfastness actually produces. And he says this, and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And so when you choose to to bear under hard things, just like we're facing right now, there are some things that that God will show you that with his help, you can do what he's called you to do. With his help, you can love the people around you. You can bear your responsibilities. You can grow. You can move forward. And through that steadfastness that he gives in your life, that staying power, it, it allows you to not lack anything. There's this completeness to your life. And this completeness is part of what God wants to do right here and right now with us. As we're facing this, God is here to say, you know what? I'm going to get you through this. I'm going to provide for your needs. I'm going to help you in your lows. I'm going to make sure I lead you forward. You're not directionless. You're not powerless. I am here with you. Consider it joy because I'm going to produce something in you that you can't get any other way. And so I don't know about you, but that is an encouragement to me and my life. Because right now it feels, again, like I talked about last week, that just everything is spinning and it's spinning and it's spinning and it just feels like our life's out of control. God's saying, if you stay in this, God will come through and he will 
help us. And so he builds that character where our faith grows stronger, our patient patience grows stronger, our love for others grows stronger, and then our endurance. This understanding that, man, God came through when I turned to him for help. So that's what James wants the people to know that he was talking to and he wants us to know today, and this is what God wants us to hear. God will grow us in this hard time in our character and in our endurance. The good news is it actually doesn't stop there. The other thing that James wants to do is help us to realize that he actually wants to grow us in our wisdom and our faith. So it's character and endurance and then wisdom and in faith. And this is what he says in verses six through eight. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Again, packed with a lot of perspective. And so I wanna go back. Let's start at verse six. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given him. Uh, the season that I found myself in and you've probably found yourself in is, is the plan and pivot season of life. So in all the things that are changing and what we can do, what we can't do, especially here in Southern California, we had plans uh, before all this coronavirus scare happened and before we tried to kind of figure out this new normal, we, we had plans and th- those have been tossed away. Then we adjusted our plans. And then this past week, more things have happened. And so we, we made plans and then we're pivoting. And then right when we pivot, something else changes externally in our circumstances. Then we have to pivot again. And so we're in this season where we're pivoting and planning at the same time. And right when we kind of get our, our bearings, things change. This past Tuesday, um, I was working at Panera and I was on a conference call and I decided to go to my van because it was getting kind of loud in there. And I decided to go to my van to finish the call. When I came back into Panera, it was now closed. They had actually shut down. It was in the middle of the day, but they had shut down uh, the restaurant because with the new orders and all the health restrictions, they decided for the health of everyone, um, they needed to close it. So in the middle of my own plans and my own pivoting, I go back and realize like no one is there. And so I go into Panera and I say, oh yeah, I, I need to get my stuff. And she said, do you need to pick up an order? I'm like, no, my, like my stuff is actually in there. And I walked in and there was no one in the entire place. And I just had this picture of like, this is the season that we're in. Right when we think something's gonna happen, it changes. And so I grabbed my stuff. And in that moment, I just thought, well, where, where am I gonna go? What am I gonna do? Have you felt that this week? It just feels like constantly in my own life, where am I gonna go? What am I gonna do? How is this all going to work? And so I found myself like, God, just help me. I need your, your wisdom. I need your insight to know how to move forward. And so pivoting and planning and planning and pivoting, that's what life is. Life's unexpected. We can't predict our future. And so James is saying is when you find yourself with your best plans, when those don't work, you have to turn to something to direct you. And what James is saying is everything else changes. But if you turn to God who doesn't change, he can lead you, he can lead you forward. And so the pivot and planning continues to happen. 
Uh, last week, we launched our first live service. And for those of you that watched, you noticed that it was a really difficult process to watch that. And that was one of those things where we made our plans, our intentions, and at the end of the day, the live stream didn't work. And in that moment, I just found myself living this passage. God, will you help us? Will you help us to know how to respond to this? Our team had worked so hard. We were trying to figure this out, and it, and it didn't work. And I was just overwhelmed and just trying to figure out, what do we do? How does this work? And this verse actually came to mind. God, I, I lack wisdom. I, I lack understanding. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do it. Will, will you help me? And it was in that moment that, that just God comforted me with this sense of, you just keep looking to me moment by moment, step by step, and I'm going to help you. And just this week, I've seen again and again as that, those doubts or those fears begin to creep in. It's just, God, will you help me again? I need your wisdom. I need your, your insight. And so when we ask, God helps. And that's what the, the, the verse says. And so let's go to verse 6. There's a certain way that, that we need to ask. And it says, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. We live in the most just information in your face time that we've ever lived in our life. Uh, we have access to no shortage of anything that we need to know through computer, through our phones, through the news, through the cable. We can just, even in this season, overwhelmed by all the information. And what James is saying is, is, is actually, most of the time, we don't need information. We, we need wisdom. And the issue for us, and something that we have to settle, is that we, don't, we tend to not lack the information. We, we actually need the wisdom that comes from God and God alone. And what James is saying is, is that's actually an authority issue. You have to decide that I will turn to God to help me, not just in information or knowledge, but to actually help me build the kind of life that I need to build. I don't need to look anywhere else except for him and his word. And if I ask him for help, help in faith, he will give me what I need. The opposite is the picture that James says, is you're just gonna be like the one in the sea, just washed and blown over. And that's what life can feel like. When you don't have this kind of guidance and direction, you don't have this North Star to lead you forward, you just wander. And so what God wants to do in this time is, is to kind of reinstill this sense of, I don't know where I'm going and what I'm doing, but God does. And I can turn to him for help. And as I turn to him for help, he comes through. And I now have an experience. And he's an authority and I can build my life on what he says. And as we build our life on what he says, we make progress. And we make direction and we end up towards the goals that he wants. And this is actually where we experience the good life. So what we, we find in life is information uh, gives us knowledge. Again, there's no shortage of that. There's information everywhere. And we're full of all sorts of ideas about what to do right now. But wisdom actually gives us action. So information gives us knowledge. Wisdom gives us action. And so if you're trying to figure out what you're supposed to do in your life, most of the time it's not an information issue. It's actually a wisdom issue. And that comes from God. If you want to build, you know, the right progress, that action comes from him. And so I want to just end our time like bridging to our world. So I, I hope there's insight for you. Okay, God, in this hard time, he wants to 
build and to grow in me character and endurance. He also wants to build some wisdom and faith. And so I just want to kind of get practical for you right now. And this might mean you getting out a piece of paper or getting out your notes on your phone, whatever way that you can kind of think through some things in your own life. And I encourage you to do this because I think James wants us to get to the point where, again, it's not just knowledge that we're striving for, not just ideas, but, but some wisdom. And so it'll take kind of some effort on our part. So for the rest of our time, I, I hope you can kind of lean in to what you're facing uh, right now. So here's the question that I want you to kind of work with right now. What are questions, problems, needs, and decisions that you have been thinking about and are facing right now in your life? What are questions, problems, needs, and decisions? So what I want you to do, and I'm going to just pause for a moment, is what I want you to do is I want you to just take some time to jot those down. Again, find a post-it note, a piece of paper, your phone, whatever you can. Jot down all the things that you're just swirling in your mind. Go ahead and do that now. So as you're jotting some of those, I want to give you some of mine. Now, again, some of your kind of questions or your problems or your needs, like they may be similar, but I just want to give you a snapshot of some of the questions that I've been asking. First is, when will this end? How can I help people at Ridgeview grow? That's one of my questions. Uh, What's the future going to look like? Will my kids get sick? I've thought that numerous times. How can I make the most of this opportunity on all fronts? in all aspects of my life. Will it go back to normal? How can I treat my kids with consideration right now and my wife? Where should I work to be more productive? Remember, I told you about that Panera story. That was a real question I had. Where am I supposed to go? What am I supposed to do? So your list, again, may be different than mine, but hopefully you've got a list of just all these things that are weighing on you. And the good thing about God is, is you don't have to hide your concerns from him. Again, he wants you to lean in. He wants you to turn to him. If if you lack wisdom, ask him for help. And so as you're listing those things, I want to give you just another assignment to do, okay? Here it is. Underline those on your list of all the things that you've listed, which you don't control. So just take a moment, just underline or star, however you want to mark this. Underline those on your list, which you don't control. Take a moment to do that. Okay, again, I'm gonna show you my list so you can kind of see. So underline, and then the second is highlight those on your list, highlight those on your list, which are your responsibility. So you're underlining, these are the things that I have real questions about, but I don't have any control over. The second is highlight or circle or whatever you wanna do, the things that are your responsibility. Now, these are things that you're concerned about, but you also can do something about, okay? So now you've got kind of two things going on with your list. One, things that you have no control over, and two, things that you do. And for me, that's helpful because a lot of times in my life, as I'm asking God for wisdom, 
part of the process is actually determining what is it that's my responsibility? What is it that God wants to teach me with what I'm facing here and now? There's so many what ifs in life, but that's not where we tend to get wisdom. We tend to get wisdom in our responsibilities. And so I'll show you what my list looks like as I kind of went through this process. So when will this end? I don't know if you've asked that. I've been asking that, but I can't control it. So that's underlined. How can I help people at Ridgeview grow? That is actually something that's part of my responsibility as the pastor of this church. So that's a highlight. What's the future going to look like? Will my kids get sick? I can't control those. How can I make the most of this opportunity on all fronts? Okay, that's in my responsibility. What do I do with my thoughts? What do I do with my attitude? What do I do in my work? What do I do with my time? Will it go back to normal? I've been asking that. Can't control that. And then how do I treat my kids with consideration? And then where should I work to be more productive? What are the things I can do to make the most of this season? Those are things that I can highlight. So again, hopefully that helps you just, James is saying is, if any of you lacks wisdom, you lack faith, turn to God. And then there's a next step that I want to see. And this is like a visual that's been really helpful uh, in my life. As you've kind of separated those into two uh, categories, I want to just put two circles up, which show you uh, your, your give it to God list and your need wisdom list. And so what I did is what you can see there is just kind of broke that down. So you can see, okay, I need to give certain things to God. When will this end? Will my kids get sick? Will it go back to normal? I have no idea about those. What's helpful in life is to realize the things that you have no control over. What the Bible calls is that that's a stewardship. It's not my stewardship. When you realize that you have no control over something, you actually give it to God and you let it go. Now your time is freed up to focus on the other list, which is the things that I need wisdom for. So how can I help people grow? How can I treat my kids with consideration? Those are the things that God wants to give me wisdom for. And so this is what James is saying. Consider it joy because he's clarifying what you can do. He's giving you the strength to do it. And then he also gives you the wisdom to know how to move forward all the while he he is building this staying power for you to actually learn from. And then if you're like me, you think, well, my life is so complicated. There's so many things that even right now, I'm just trying to figure out and you just feel like you're just holding on, juggling all these things at the same time and just things are getting dropped and you're getting discouraged and overwhelmed. Well, in the letters and in the Bible itself, it's very specific to life. God will give you the help that you need. So in, just in James's letter alone, I'm just gonna show you this really briefly. Uh, there is so much practical insight that you can hold on to. And I wanna just show those. If you wanna learn about trials and wisdom, that's in James 1. How to treat people, James 2. What true faith looks like, James 3. The war and the, the, the kind of problem of sin within us, James 4. Uh, presumption and boasting, James 4. Warning to the wealthy, James 5. My attitude, James 5. Praying, with and for people, James 5, and then the power of restoring people also in in that chapter. And so that's, we're talking about one letter. And again, God wants to speak to us. And so if you've never read the book of James, I encourage you, lean into that book. Take some time to read it this week and it will give you some insight and help. Because again, God wants to speak to you and he wants to speak to me. And so we've talked about how God uses these hard things, this hard season to grow our character and our endurance. He uses it to grow our wisdom and our faith in him, knowing he's gonna come through. And then finally, 
what James kind of closes his perspective on in this letter is that he uses hard things to grow our confidence in him. And I want to kind of end with this passage in James 4. It says, come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him, it is sin. Now, as I read that passage, I'm amazed at James's writing this again to these early Jewish Christ followers. But this feels like my life right now. I had all these thoughts about what I was going to do, where I was going to go. And we're in this position now where James is saying is, the only confidence you have is if the Lord wills. So whatever God wants to do, he will do. He is the ultimate authority. His will will be done. We can trust him. I can't trust my own plans. I can't trust my own pivoting. I can't trust my own wisdom, but I can trust God. And so we're faced with these times and he's speaking to us right now. All the things that we thought was gonna happen has been taken away. The season, even for us at Ridgeview Church, looks completely different than I ever expected. But God knew. And because God knows, and because he has the power and wisdom, we can turn to him. And we can say with an open hand, Lord, whatever your will is, if it's your will that we do this for as long as this has to happen, we, we trust you. If this needs to happen longer than we think, for people to get healed and for people to get better, for you to continue to do the work that you want to do, we, we trust you. Again, we don't have any idea of the timing, the plans. All we know is if the Lord wills, his will will be done. And so I want to encourage you just in your life with the things that you're facing, you may feel overwhelmed and discouraged. I know I faced just thoughts of that. I know there's been times this week where it just felt like one day was like a whole month's worth of time. And it's in those times where I realize, like, God, help me to not put my confidence in myself. Help me to not put my confidence in other people. Help me to not put my confidence in my plans. But Lord, help me to put my confidence in you and you alone. And so I want to encourage you, if you're in a place right now and you just find yourself just overwhelmed, and if you've never decided to follow Jesus as the boss of your life, I encourage you that that is the decision that you need to make so that you can find the confidence that comes from following Jesus. And that confidence can't come anywhere else. I think what's happened is it's like the curtain's been lifted and we see just how little control that we have. But it's in those times where we don't have control that God says, you know what? I will lead you forward. And as we unleash that control and we take kind of the clench around our plans and our own power, that's really where God works. And so James, as he says, consider it joy. He wants to build something in us. He also, God wants to use this to get us to the point where we say, God, I need you and I need you more than ever. And so if you've never decided to follow Jesus as the boss of your life, I wanna encourage everyone, uh, fill out that connection card that you see on the top of your page. And as you're filling that out, go ahead and do that right now. I know some of you are looking at different devices, 
that at least one person in your family begin to, to fill that out. And we're going to go over some next steps. But one of the things that's not even on the, the page there, but I, I just want to encourage you, if you've never decided to follow Jesus as the boss of your life, and you're interested in learning, what does it mean to be a Christian? I believe that this season is a season where you can look to God and, and he will help you and he will meet you right where you are. You may be just swirling and swirling. You feel so hopeless. God will help you. He will give you what no one else can give. And so there's a place on the connection card where you can say, just send me info about what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And so you can check there as well. And so as you're filling that out, there's some next steps that you can take. And if you're doing the connection card, you've also, you've already taken uh, the first step. And so the first thing is just fill out your online connection card. I know this is new. We, we're not used to doing this. We're used to doing the, the, the physical card and it's a little bit easier, but just you can do that online. And that's our way of connecting with you this week, of praying for you and also you taking a next step. And so that's the second thing. Based on what you've heard from this letter, what's the next step that you need to take? Is there something just in your attitude? Is there something in just something you need to apply into your life? Is there something related to your, to your plans, your confidence, your own wisdom? I don't know what that is for you. I know what it is for me. But write that on the next steps. Just write what that next step is for you. And, and I will pray for you this week that you'll be able to take that. And we'll have a prayer team that will pray for you as well. And then the third is uh, check out ways to stay connected with us. We've moved everything online um, on our website because this is how we're doing church right now. And as the Lord wills this, we're gonna make the most of this opportunity. And so you'll see uh, just ways that you can do that. You just go to ridgeviewchurch.com slash online and you can find out about our online life groups. I encourage you to, to sign up for one of those. That will help you to get connected, to be able to talk about the Bible, to share what's going on in your life, to find encouragement. You had to join a prayer team where you can join people in praying just for your life, others' lives, our community, and, and our world. And then also, if you're in need of help, we're, we're putting together some care teams where needs can get met and people can find just comfort in knowing people love them and more importantly, that, that God loves them. So I encourage you, check out that page and engage with us as we move online as a church. And so thank you guys for worshiping with us. Uh, it's such a joy to be with you guys. I'm gonna pray, and then we're gonna sing a song back to God. Let's pray together. Father, we welcome you here. We know that you've been with us, that you're for us, and that the words that, that were written thousands of years ago, we can hold on to in our life right now. And so, God, I know many of us lack wisdom. We lack even the, the, the right attitude. We lack plans. We, we, we lack just understanding. And so, God, will you help us right now to turn to you? And for all of us that lack wisdom, God, we, we just ask that you'll give it to us. Help us to be able to sort through the things that we have control over and the things that we don't. Help us to focus on the things that we have on our plate in a way that's right and will move us forward. And I pray for anyone right now that's just feeling hopeless or just feeling overwhelmed. God, will you reach out to them, soften their heart? And I pray if there's anyone here that's not yet decided to become a follower of Jesus, that they'll make that decision today. Lord, we pray for all of the people infected with the coronavirus, all the families impacted, all the different things that are happening because of this pandemic, Lord, will you reach 
out to those people and give them comfort and peace right now. We ask this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.